the Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well-designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Welcome to Rabbit in Red Radio. And this is going to be something a little bit different, people. It's going to be a little special for you. Well, can we call it a sandwich? We have movie, <laughs> special guest, movie. Mm. Uh, I don't think we really have to tease it anymore. I, I think people pretty much know that uh, our, our special guest is Mr. Joe Bob no, Briggs himself. don't say it. People don't read well, I, I think the art should kind of. Well, put no, it right they the, people could see the art and they'd be like, "Oh, they're going to talk about the last drive." Oh, oh. Well, in honor of Mr. Joe Bob Briggs, we decided to bring you a double feature. Double feature. And, and, I'm attempting something different with each review in honor of Mr. Joe Bob Briggs. We are going to have our very own drive-in totals. <laughs> uh, so that's my drum roll. Pretty piss poor, but still. Yeah, it was, it was it was fucking horrible. Yeah. But speaking about fucking horrible, Mike, how have you been? Uh, well, we were supposed to record the other night, but obviously that didn't happen. Number one, mainly because I I didn't get a chance to fit um, Boogeyman in in time, but. Another reason it's probably good is because, well, you suggested off-air that I probably um, started to have the remnants of a heat stroke, which maybe I did, and, uh, you know, we could have hoped that it would kill me. I'm sure some people out there listening would probably be like, wow, if it did kill him, I finally would get my wish, you know, of all those times telling him to go kill himself. Wow, he would have finally died. Uh, sorry well, for I, you, I, I'm still here. I, I don't think many people would have shed a tear. Probably not, no. I mean, I might have sniffled. That's that's and, all I could hope for is a sniffle, honestly. Yeah, and then I would have messaged uh, your replacement. I wonder who you would get to replace me. Honestly. I have an idea. I have an idea. You do, really? Yeah, I, I, I do. Can, um, can you inform me as of that before I die? Because I would love to know who's going to to take my proverbial place. 
Who I would reach out to first and foremost? Yes. Uh, I would reach out to first and foremost, actually somebody fresh bringing in some more fresh blood to Rabbit and Red. Uh, I think it would have to be Mr. Dave Z. Oh, you would reach out to him? Yeah. I doubt that he would do that <laughs> because I feel that he is probably already slammed yeah, he's a he's a fairly busy man, which yes. you know I get that. I I just think that we would have a very interesting dynamic, right? And and the fact that Rabbit and Red shows are probably um, half, probably a little over half of the length of what an Exploding Heads episode is. So and plus, you know, it's just easier to put these shows together for some way shape or form right right and you know if uh he said no which i would fully expect and understand i mean it's rabbit and red uh i'd probably actually go with uh ryan lewis ah you would reach out to ryan so it'd be the john and ryan show yeah so would you call ryan ryan J in honor of me no no would you tell Ryan that he would have to um, start to enjoy the Halloween franchise more than he already does? Uh, no. And that no. he would have to worship Donald Pleasance? Oh, God, no. No, I think we'd actually, our first show would just be talking about how drunk he was <laughs> and just completely bashing him in I, your honor. I'll t- well, I'll tell you what I think it is. I think your first show would not be completed because you would be a blubbering mess the entire time. Oh, God, no. No, no, we, we'd be fine. I think but... you would be a blubbering mess. <laughs> uh... I'd be sad. But I digress. How have you been, sir? Uh, I, myself, I've actually been uh, quite well. Um, Had a uh, very nice kayaking trip down the Allegheny River. Oh, I believe we went about 10 miles. Can I, it was wait, fun. Hold on. What? Okay, so wait. Where is Allegheny at exactly? Like It's what? in Yeah, tell me a Pennsylvania? County. No, I understand that, but like give me what county a did I location? Kayak? Yeah. Uh Warren County. No, okay. Um all right, but how far does it go? The Allegheny? No, yeah. Like like where because, no, the only reason I'm asking is because um, somebody that I'm friends with on Facebook that I used to go to the same GIMP preschool with, um, he said that he went kayaking the other day. And I don't talk to this guy because he was, like, one of the, 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 the kids when we rode the short bus. He's, like, around my age, but he still sang the Barney song. Oh. And I don't, you know, I mean, I could overlook it when I was younger, you know, because they're, they're these, you know... They, they don't know any better. Obviously, I, maybe his brain has gotten, you know, more formed in the years since, you know, I talked to him. So maybe, like, he's able to, you know, do the, the kayak thing. I mean, maybe I'm a little jealous because he does have the, the cerebral palsy as well. But he walks with, you know, albeit a little bit of a limp. So maybe he's, you know, a little more um, um, ambidextrous or whatever to be able to do the kayaking. But he said that he, you know, enjoyed his kayaking trip at, at some place. And I'm like, hmm, 
I'm like, I know somebody else who went kayaking, and I think it's Rhodes King. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if they went kayaking in the same area, because if they did, I was hoping that if he saw the other one's kayak, that Rhodes King would, would, would make the conceited effort, the concerted effort, to go and tip over Gimpy's kayak, please. Thank you. Well, you shoot me a picture, and if I ever see your uh, your Gimpy foe, I will make sure to tip his ass over in the water. It's not. I mean, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> not that he's. Well, no, I can't say that um, because when we were in the Gimpy, uh, when we were in the Gimpy camp together, Camp Shorefoot, I think I said that before at some point that that was during the camp, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because nobody really had short feet. Um, but I was, I was, I was, um, dating a, a girl, um, a girl that was mentally retarded, um, was fascinated wow. with me. So, um, and you know, it's really, it's really kind of funny when you, when I, I would just stop your story you're, now. You're, no, it's funny when you're with somebody who is like mentally retarded, like just what they will do. And I'm not saying that we went far, because obviously I was only 10 years old. I didn't, you know, I didn't go anywhere. But, I mean, she would kiss. I mean, for somebody who was retarded, she actually did it pretty good. Um, But he took her away from me. I did not appreciate that at all. Oh, that bastard. Yeah, I was like, like, okay, I was like, all right, you want to play? I have the walker, and you don't, and that's why you stole the retarded away from me? Is that what this is? Well, before your life gets any sadder, Mike, in the opinions of all our listeners, they became the fucking I, king and queen of the fucking king, mm, fuck of pieces uh, of Camp Shorefoot camp for the handicap for people. the handicap people. Yep. <laughs> the fucking irony, Jesus Christ! But all I right, did. Well, I, I, hey, fucking, after her, I hooked up with one of the counselors who was nineteen at the time. Yeah, well, she, all right, she fed me Doritos. <laughs> did she put them like on your little gimpy cock no. and then just like slingshot it into your mouth no she like put them in my mouth but the thing was she had me close my eyes and I have like texture issues and that was before I had Doritos so I didn't know what they were at the point so like when she stuck it in my mouth I like started gagging and I almost puked because I didn't realize what it was going into my mouth <laughs> wow so the stories you hear on Rabbit and Red, you're not going to get anywhere else. All right, so let's uh, <laughs> let, let's not delay this anymore. Let, My let's... life is a scary place. Yeah, <laughs> let's roll our first feature. Let's dive straight into Intruder. All right, Mike, why don't you hit us with a synopsis? And uh, then we'll hit the drive-in totals and get into this. The drive-in totals and the synopsis. Well, I believe for starters, we can say that this is the... Ooh, this is Intruder, right? So this is number 23 in the 88 Films Slasher Classics Collection. And now for Intruder... Let's see. Okay, here it is. <laughs> so prepared. Obviously. Well, I was too busy talking about the, you know, the, the Gimpy Kid. Camp Surefoot. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I fucking love that camp name. Yeah. The only thing that'd make it better is if it was a Christian camp. 
Yeah, hey, they were well, just trying to pray the the illness away. Let's do it. In the name of the Lord, you shall walk. Now throw down. Oh no, don't throw those. Oh fuck! Somebody pick them up. I think I told you I made a I made a a, a sketch before when I was younger where I did a thing um, bashing religion, where I made it like uh, uh, the Holy Spirit came into me and and made me walk, and I ended up falling and smacking my head against the wall. <laughs> And I didn't intend to fall either. That just happened because I really can't. You just thought you could actually walk and exactly, and then it it didn't work. And then I fell and I really smacked my head against the wall, (laughs) and I started laughing hysterically, and then I started (laughs) cursing God for, you know, making me not able to walk. But um, now for intruder. just crazy about this store <laughs> fucking Danny Hicks you know Danny Hicks we'll get in that into it. movie sounded like such a hick but well yeah in a minute he always sounds like such a hick yeah no he did he did he, yeah. he sounded like less of a hick in Evil Dead 2 from what I can remember um, oh, the God. overnight stock crew of a local supermarket finds themselves being stalked and slashed by a mysterious maniac and they really did get stalked, and they really did get slashed. Yeah, it's short, um, simple, straight to the point. Yeah. All right, so our drive-in totals for Intruder. Oh, you don't do that? I thought you did it at the end for some reason. No, no, we're going to do the drive-in totals first. Oh, okay. So our drive-in totals for Intruder, we have eight dead bodies. Oh, boy. Zero boobs. Well. Two head splittings, two knives to the chest, Mm. one eye gouging, one head crushing, one meat hook to the face, 12 dismembered body parts, meat cleaver foo, severed head foo, and two scenes of John Wayne foo. Did you, uh, did you make that up yourself? I did. I'm a little proud of it. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I think you. Uh, yeah. I actually looked to see if Joe Bob had ever reviewed this. I wasn't able to find it, so I actually had to make up the drive-in totals for both of these. Wow, I don't know when you when you're talking about foo. What do you mean? Uh, that that is just a Joe Bob thing. Is it's always you know, he, he's always thrown out different kinds of kung fu and you know we have meat cleaver foo severed head foo and uh we're definitely going to talk about it but there is some fucking john wayne foo in this yeah i don't uh i don't know too much about the foo you yeah. <laughs> uh it, it's just a way of talking about uh different forms of fighting you know ah. it's kind of a humorous way of getting into it 
It's kind of sad. I actually have to explain some of the driving total bullshit to you. Yeah, I don't remember it all. Ah, you are not a driving mutant. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I heard that term before, and I was wondering what the fuck it meant. <laughs> I'm like, what's a driving all right, well, mutant? Uh, a drive-in mutant is what Joe Bob Briggs calls uh, the people that. Uh, oh, sorry, they love drive-in. They, they kind of support him in his shows and stuff. They are the drive-in mutants. They ah. are the people that have taken the drive-in oath. Ah, so drive-in oath. Yeah. So. Without further ado, let's actually dive into this. And uh, I have to say, first and foremost, this starts up, and holy shit, I completely forgot that this is a fucking full moon movie. Yeah, oh yeah, you saw the logo in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it starts right up in full moon logo. I'm just like, what the fuck? I completely forgot that. Yeah, see, it's weird because I didn't think Scott Spiegel was associated with full moon. But I guess, you know... Everybody well, this, was back in those days. This came out in, what was this, 89, Mike? Uh, yes. Okay, so this came out in 89, and this is probably right on the tail of Evil Dead 2. So they weren't really super established yet. Mm. And this was obviously Scott's first attempt at really getting into directing. So we, uh, it, it's kind of understandable that they went with, uh, a uh, 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 backing of Full Moon. Mm. Just needed to get someone behind them. Right. But, you know, the film really starts up and we're kind of introduced to the store and some of the characters very quickly and, you know, the store's closing and, oh my God, there's an ominous stranger standing outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They definitely played that up, too. As soon as there's a... Uh, a fucking shot of them. You get the the ominous music. This yeah. guy should not be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> so so fucking on the nose there. So Mr. Creepy Pants here, this guy that's, that's kind of stalking around, is Craig. And now we're going to find out real quick that he's Jennifer's ex. Now she's the uh, one lead here, the uh, uh, cashier with the big hair not the cashier with the short hair it is the 80s so uh and he's he's flat out obsessed with her and it is pretty fucking obvious i mean he's trying to buy cigarettes and basically just harassing her about how when he was in prison he was writing her she never wrote back and he starts harassing her grabs her and it turns into a big brawl in the store and man this is this is our first scene of John Wayne Fu because this fucking choreography is horrible. Like this is straight out of uh, a bad western from the fifties, man. I, it's just, just the the everything the the punches were so fake. It was just it was bad. It was that fight was amateurish, and you can flat out tell that there was no stunt coordinator at all. Mm. The, the, the fights are awful in this movie. Uh, at least the fist fights. Let's, let's, let's preface it. The, the fist fights are, are horrible. Uh, uh, I don't know. You can't even deny. <laughs> eh, 
No, I mean, they're horrible, but the thing is they were meant <laughs> to be horrible. That's the thing. So you think they were meant to look amateurish and oh, just Oh, God, bad. yeah. Oh, God, I, I think that this movie was meant to be goofy. I think that was the whole gimmick behind it was just that okay. it's goofy. So you think a lot of it was meant to be tongue-in-cheek, just yeah, like yeah, Evil Dead 2? Yeah, definitely slapstick. I definitely think they pulled from Evil Dead 2 for this. Okay. And again, so, the copyright date on the 88 sleeve is incorrect. Because if you look at the credits of the film, it says 1988. The spine of the 88 case says 1989. They do that on some occasions with some films I don't appreciate it. Sorry, hmm. end of my rant. Go ahead. All right. Well, anyway, um, uh, Craig, he, he beats up a couple people and he runs off in the store. Mm. And it's understandable. Everyone's ganging up on him. I mean, the dude was a douche, but... Eh, it's understandable that he runs off. So, Jennifer calls... Craig! Craig! Jennifer Jennifer calls the police, and everyone else starts searching the store, which, you know, this is actually a really good excuse to kind of establish our environment. We get to see all the different places in the store, all the places that are important and we'll be visiting later in the movie. This is clever. I like it. It's really well done. Maybe. Maybe. Still all slapstick. Uh, there, there's humor, but see, I never really looked at it as like humorous, slapstick, goofy. I mean, there are moments of it, obviously, but I never took the entire film as having that tone. Yeah, well, this this time watching it, I definitely did. Okay, well, Craig shows up again. He's hassling uh, Jennifer for his change, whatever. Um, and uh, this time he gets uh, grabbed and thrown out of the store. And he just kind of stands there as they lock the doors. And it, it's just him standing there being a little creepy. But one thing I, I will give them mm-hmm. is uh, the shot. You know, I, I really like that shot there where we get him standing outside the door looking in and everyone's reflection on the inside watching him. Mm. And, you know, he's just kind of standing there staring like it's you staring at a woman's dressing room. You know, there's just this weird, creepy, longing stare. Like you, you're just going to stand there and stare long enough, hoping that the door opens and yeah. you just get a, you get a little peek of what's inside. I mean, I've done that before. what the fuck is wrong with this guy? He's just fucking standing there. I mean, y- yes, you had a fight. You're, you're obsessed with this woman. You get thrown out and then he just fucking stands there. Like, what the fuck? Kick the door, yell, scream, something? No, he just stands there. Yeah, but you don't want to kick the door because if you kick the door, then she'll know that you're watching her. And then she'll definitely cover the tits up right away. Ah, Michael. Too much. Too much. (laughs) So then (laughs) the the two owners (laughs) of the store take this opportunity because everyone's gathered up. You know, this is a perfect opportunity to inform them that they're closing the store and everything needs marked half off. So, yeah, you know, good job, everyone. We got this creepy guy out, and now you're all going to lose your job, and you have to work overtime because we're marking everything down. Get back to work. What yeah, a fucking asshole! Happy about that because you know it's time and a half for overtime. <sighs> yeah, but you're losing your job. Yeah, but you're still getting that time and a half. You could bank that money. That's a nice little cushion. Nice yeah. little all nest right. egg. All right, so Mr. Creepy Pants then starts calling the store, and oh no, he's gone. He just 
he's nowhere to be seen. Mm. <laughs> so then the short-haired cashier, uh, Linda, Linda, she decides yes. she's leaving early. This lazy bitch has been told, hey, you're getting fired, everyone's working over, reducing prices, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, fuck that. I'm going home hey. with groceries I just bought because hey. my man's waiting for me. Just, okay, just just, just stop right there. She's not a lazy bitch, really. She's a lazy Think bitch. about it. She, she should have stayed and helped everyone else. She came off of, you know, two back-to-back adventures with Angela Baker in the woods. I think she deserves a little bit of, you know, a respite. After no, that. she's a she is a lazy bitch. She should have stayed and finished out her shift like everyone else. Well, it's she's like her brother Charlie Sheen. She's got tiger's blood. <laughs> so, she just decides she's going to go home. And rightfully, she gets knifed right in the fucking chest. <laughs> Fuck this lazy bitch. <laughs> so then co-owner Bill sees somebody trying to get into the back of the store Mm -hmm. and he goes to investigate. And what does he find? But Mr. Creepypants out there staring at Jennifer through the bathroom window. Mm. I think I've rightfully named him Mr. Fucking Creepypants because what the fuck, Mike? I know you can relate to this but still, what the fuck, man? Dude, you gotta just look, you gotta stare from the shadows because that's the only way that you're gonna be able to slip your hand in, you know, and play with Mr. Happy as you're staring. Ooh. Wow, this this show right here is going to get you arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying these that that's how these people Or at think. least on some watch list. You got to get in, the, you know, the heads of these people and that's what happens. That's what you're doing here. So so apparently that's the only thing Michael Myers has really taught you is to hide in the shadows so you can jerk off when you're looking at people through their windows. Well, well, no, see, Myers taught me to hide in the shadows. Norman Bates threw in the, the part. Oh, was that the remake? That's uh, what thought you? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what happened, <laughs> even though I hated that fucking remake. But, you know, if the remake taught me one thing, that's what you're doing when you're peeking on somebody getting in the shower. It All almost right, so... made me want to drill a hole into a wall so I could try it and see if it works. So what, you could spy on your mom or your brother? No, I know. I'm saying I would. I would just go to a, a hotel and rent the room for the night, and then um, spy hope on you whoever get a, was in the room next to me. Yeah, you hope you get an attractive woman and not an obese man. Well, the, then I would just not look. <laughs> I would wait for the attractive woman. If I had to rent that room out for a month, I would do it until somebody came in there that was attractive. Or I would go into the office and I'd be like, "Look, that room next door to me." You, 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 that one, that one on the street. I'm gonna get her to come in here. You give her that room. We're in good, you know, shape. So then I come out. I throw myself on the ground in front of her, make it look like she hit me, and then I'll have her, you know, rent a room there. Yeah, I feel like you've done this before, you fucking sick bastard. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not gonna call him uh, co-owner Bill anymore. That's that's fucking is Danny Hicks. So Danny Hicks. And Mr. Creepy Pants gets in a fight. And from what we see, Danny gets knocked out with the hammer that he brought out with him because apparently he's not good at fighting. Right. And now someone is stalking the employees in the store. Right. This is a simple slasher setup. I, I can get behind this. I like this so far. 
simple, simple slasher setup with slapstick. Yeah, yeah. So the first one to get it, because now we're just into the slasher part of the film, mm-hmm. is uh, the douchey owner, Mr. Uh, co-owner Danny, I think is his name. I think yeah. it's Danny. <laughs> uh, he won't be spying any fucking women from the shadows anymore. Nah, he's just more worried about fucking money. This douchebag's still going over finances, and he gets his head mm-hmm. shoved on a letter holder. Mm-hmm. You know, just fucking impaled him right through the fucking eye. <laughs> this is a great kill. I love the blood dripping down onto the, the light. The, I mean... Mm-hmm really like that part. This is good. I think they ruin it a little bit later where he keeps popping up, but I really like this. This is a good job. And the head play later was a little too slapsticky for my taste. Eh. Alright, then then the produce guy. Uh, I think it's Joe, maybe? Yeah, I think they call him Produce Joe. Yeah. So, Ted Raimi is... uh, Chopping up carrots carelessly, like not even giving a fuck, rocking out with his Walkman, listening right. to the exact same song that's had to have been on repeat for like a fucking hour now, because mm-hmm. every time we see him, that's what he's listening to, is the exact same song. Just horrible for the tape in this, but he gets a giant knife slammed right into this fucking skull, which, you know, he kind of deserves. He's, he's really, really fucking bad at his job. I, did you see how he's cutting up the watermelon? I mean, come on. This guy's an asshole. He's uh, no, not good I, I think I think he was fine with it because look, he's cutting it up, but people are just going to eat it. So what's the big deal of how it's cut? Yeah, <sighs> I'm kind of seeing a theme on these kills here, like lazy bitch, mm-hmm. asshole boss, produce Joe, who's fucking—they're all horrible at their fucking job. Right. All right. Huh. So now we go to the beer guy, and there's a definite theme here because you know. This dude all night has been hiding in the beer cooler, not really helping out, drinking, Mm -hmm. drinking the fucking beer he's supposed to be stocking, stocking real slow, and kind of peeping on the other employees. But anyway, he gets fucking stabbed, just ran right through with that big fucking knife, (gasps) through his chest, impaling him on the beer. Mm -hmm. And that's a really fucking cool effect, when you see him just impaled on the beer and the beer spraying everywhere. Yep. I like that. That Another good fucking kill. That was classic, yes. Right. So the stoner guy hears some of this, and he comes to look. I have no idea what this guy's name is. He's just a fucking stoner. I he comes to investigate. A stoner guy. Yeah. I think. He sees uh, the beer guy, doesn't realize he's dead, starts talking to him, and then somebody grabs him, pulls him through the beer cooler. The whole way back through that, because apparently, you know, stored geography is a little fucked up, mm-hmm. to the box crusher. And, of course, his head gets crushed in it, and we get the awesome close-up and all that. This this is another nice kill. Yeah. This this sh- this is not letting me down in the kill department at all. Mm. Eh, what? You don't, you don't like the, the kill where we get the close-up of the head crushing and the blood spurting out? Yeah, and... it just, uh, you know, I, I just... Uh... I like it. I don't know. I didn't I didn't like it this much this time around. Like the first time I watched it or the first time that I remember watching it, I know I saw it when I was a kid. But then, you know, I watched it on another edition a few years ago before I watched this one. And it's like I don't know, watching it this time it had like the least amount effect on me, pretty much. Mm. 
I mean, it's not the best kill. It, it still works. I like it. I like the guy screaming and everything, and then we get the close-up. Yeah. Yeah, the blood's spurting everywhere. and Yeah, it, it's a good kill. I like it. But from here, the killer begins to leave dismembered pieces of his victims all over the store. Mm-hmm. I can get behind this. I'm liking this killer. He's killing fucking worthless employees. Right. And he he's having fun with it, you know? Throwing a fucking hand in the lobster jar and just crazy shit like that. So, Sam fucking Raimi is the butcher in this place. Yeah. Yeah, that Sam Raimi, the guy that directed Evil Dead and The Amazing Spider-Man, and that Sam Raimi is yeah, the butcher. the Spider-Man that he directed, not The Amazing Spider-Man. Whatever. <laughs> so he, he's back going over some of his... Uh, his, his meat wares, checking to see what's what, yeah. and finds a severed hand wrapped up for sale, and uh, he then gets impaled face first on a meat hook. I like it, but fun side note, he's singing the song that uh, I think it's Cheryl sings in Evil Dead. Don't while doing this I don't uh, remember. A great callback I love it and uh, a decent death I mean it's not great but it works hmm. so we're, we're, we're getting down there I mean this guy's a good slasher he, he's running right through him pretty quick so now we have the, the pretty boy uh, Dave and by far my favorite kill I think this is what most people know the movie from he gets his fucking head ran through a meat slicer. This death is iconic. I absolutely love this death. I mean, if you know anything about this movie, it's this death right here. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I wasn't impressed, but that's just me. What the fuck? How are you not impressed? We watched this guy's head get shoved through a meat slicer. Well, it's like the torture porn shit. I don't I don't really go for that, though. Ah. It's iconic. I love this death. It's it's one of it is up there for me amongst all the deaths and horror films. It's a great one. I don't know about that one. All right. Anyway, so Jennifer apparently she's kind of slow. Maybe she went to uh, Camp Shorefoot too because she probably did. She's just now realized that she's kind of alone in the store, and. Uh, yeah, you know, you know what's okay. funny because the, the 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 retarded girl that I mentioned earlier was also blonde, so. and Jennifer. She was a Jennifer. No. Oh, okay. Anyway, so she realizes no one else is in the store. Weird. I'm gonna go looking for him. <laughs> hey, guess what? I'm finding severed body parts around. This Don't isn't this. right. All right, and then finally she gets attacked. Right. And I'll give her this. She is smart enough to figure out that. Danny Hicks is the killer. So she figures that out. Well, and so we have... how, how? Okay. Wait. Go. I don't think that she's that smart, considering that it seems like they just threw it in your face. Eh. Nothing has been really... She never saw the killer. Nothing's been given to us. She did manage to stab him in the hand when he was trying to get her. <laughs> and then later... He's acting like he's calling the cops, trying to calm her down. And as he turns to look at her and smile, mm-hmm. we see the wound in his hand. 
And she's kind of already realized that when he hugged her, she, her hands got bloody, and then she sees the hole in the hand, that the hand injury, mm-hmm. and she puts it together, and at that point, Danny realizes it, rips the fucking phone out, and starts running across the cashier uh, lanes, trying to catch her, and it just really turns into this good cat and mouse game. I I, I like the chase here. I, I think it's a good chase. It, it shows off a lot of really interesting stuff with the camera again. Uh, work with shadows and stuff like that. I I, I I like the chase. But then Mr. Creepypants comes back because mm-hmm. we're not done with him yet. Yeah. And he gets beat up with a severed head. That Danny was Hicks great. beats his ass with a severed head. That was great. I will give you that. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> But Jennifer manages to get outside the store. Danny Hicks and Mr. Creepypants get out there as well. And there's a fight. Mr. Creepypants gets the meat cleaver away from Danny Hicks, hacks him up some. Hmm. But all this is conveniently just in time for the cops to show up and arrest Craig and Jennifer. Because Danny Hicks is laying there in a puddle of blood saying, they did it, they killed everyone. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, you know... That I'll give you. That I will give you. That That's was a good clever. Ending. That was clever. Right. And we're never really sure if Danny Hicks dies or not. I mean, I kind of want to say he did. He got hit a fuck of a lot with that meat cleaver. Yeah. But, no, he's he's super. He's superhuman. He's got the uh, supernatural powers. Ah. <laughs> uh, still got the, the deadite spirit in him, huh? Well, yeah, you want to put it that way, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, all in all, that's pretty much the film. We get the setup, and then we're straight into the kills, and that's pretty much the rest of our story. So, yeah. The Intruder is simple. Uh, it is a straightforward slasher, and I kind of like that about it, that it's simple, it's straightforward, but it's clever, too. It's almost too clever for its own good. I mean, some of the camera work in this is fucking amazing mm. I really like time, a lot of the yes. shit yeah I really like a lot of shit that they did in here with the camera I mean I think Scott kind of looked at what Sam did with the original Evil Dead and just took that to the next level well and he just made it a uh, a poor carbon copy of it uh, it, it's definitely it's own thing I mean this is a slasher film by a lot of the guys that did Evil Dead and, and it definitely shows it really does but I, I have to say, I like that. I, none of that is bad to me. I like almost everything that they did with the camera, all the reflections, uh, like looking through jars and faces being distorted. All that stuff, I think, is top-notch. I really enjoyed that. Right. Uh, and plus, you know, the gore in this is amazing. I, I, if you're into that, this has it down. You will not be disappointed. Yeah. Like I said, I'm impressed with the camera work. The gore's there. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that stood out kind of to me as as a negative mm-hmm. is um, the score. I did I, the score's bad. I just didn't like it at all. That's just really the only thing I can knock this down for is I didn't enjoy the score. It just seemed like all processed bullshit, huh? It, it was fucking horrible. Yeah. So. Do you have anything on uh, Intruder before we close up on the film itself, Mike? Uh, no, I think you covered it. I think uh, 
I was very disappointed overall on this view. Really? I think. Yes. I um, I think I liked it the least um, during this viewing. That's insane to me. I just, I was not really, I, I don't know. I just was not interested in it at all at this point. I mean, at least like, you know, the other times that I watched it, it was like it held my interest, it held my attention. I was like, wow, okay, this is great. But this time, I just was not feeling it. I don't know why, I just wasn't feeling it. Huh, okay, so what would you give this? How many stars out of five? Um, I would probably give it, and this is based on the merit merit of some of the effects and maybe some camera work. I would give it um, two stars out of five. Wow, wow, that that boggles my mind because, like I said, I I had a hell of a time. I really enjoyed this. Um, I'm gonna go four stars out of five. Wow, I'm very surprised. I I'm I'm I like I said I have almost nothing negative to say about this film. Well, I was so. maybe wanting to give it at least three stars, but it just it didn't happen. Wow, well, and you know that's respectable. I I can't take anything away. Like you said, it was a little too slapsticky for you, and like I said, there are moments in that in this film, and they. I still think the overall tone is not that, at least for me. But that's how you took it, and I get that. I, I'm not a big fan of slapstick slashers either, so... Yeah. Respectable yeah. score. Alright, now let's talk about 88 Films' release of this. Uh, let me go first here, Mike, because... Um, uh, Alright, so 88 Films' presentation of this is great. The transfer quality is clean. Um, the just just overall the quality of this product is top notch. I, I I think that the colors, everything, it's real good. Um, the only thing that I noticed at all throughout this entire film was there's a little bit of color shift in one scene, and man, that's roughly like fucking four seconds out of this entire film. That is nothing to take away from I this restoration. Didn't even notice it. <laughs> It's in uh, the third act when uh, Danny Hicks is chasing her through the store. Right. Um, one of the scenes, it, it's the scene where he comes around the aisle and starts like creeping down it. It, it shifts like three times. Hmm. But like I said, it's like fucking four seconds. You've got to be paying attention to notice it. So. Well, you obviously were paying attention. <laughs> well, hey, we're, we're also reviewing, you know, the slasher classics versions of these. So. I, I am trying to. Um, the special features on this, uh, they're 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 okay in my opinion. We we get the original trailer, we get a commentary, which you know is a decent enough commentary with Scott. Um, and there is a cool documentary on slasher films. It's 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 basically like a slasher films one hundred and one. You know, if you didn't know a whole lot about slasher films, sit down and watch this. Uh, what is it like an hour plus documentary, like an it's hour an ten hour or something like that? Minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's not bad. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I liked it too. I mean, the 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 documentary is really the highlight. That's the whole reason that I bought the uh, the disc because I had owned the 
what did I own before? I owned the uh, Synapse uh, Blu-ray before. I still do. But, um, you know, when I started collecting the Slasher Classics collection, I realized they're all numbered. I'm like, okay, that means I have to get all of them. So, you know, Intruder was one that I held out on, and I didn't buy it when it was first released, because usually, um, as soon as I hear that one of these is available for pre-order through 88 Films, I buy direct through them. But Intruder was one that I held off on, because I was like, hmm, you know, do I really want to double dip? Do I really want to double dip? And then the more that, like, you know, it just eats at my brain when I don't do it, and I'm like, hmm, you know you need to collect them all. You know you need to collect them all. You know you need number 23. You know you need number 23. And then all of a sudden I was like, yeah, I need 23. And, and oh. look, I, I, I get that, that that collector's aspect of it, that you, you need to, to have all of them. But you're saying, is it worth getting? And yeah, let's actually talk about that. Because uh, I think overall, if you're a fan of this film, you do need to own it on Blu-ray. Yeah. But... This is where it comes down to a big but. Um, if you are like Mike and you know you are all about your picture quality and quality of the restoration, the 88 films is a superior version. Now, I, I have gone and watched both. Uh, I've done my fair amount of research on this, and I can honestly tell everyone out there, 88 films restoration is the superior one your colors are much better um the clarity is higher it, it is the superior restoration of intruder however mm -hmm. if the picture quality is not top priority for you if you're a huge fan of intruder but you can live with a little lesser quality. I'm going to actually say you should go with the Synapse one because it's loaded with special features, a making of, stuff like that, which this one doesn't have. And those special features are really cool. I mean, I, I'm the kind of guy where, honestly, I'm torn on this. I really am. Like, if I, if I had to choose one, that's a tough call for me because I, I would love to have those special features but then again, the quality of 88s is far superior. So if you're the kind of person that you need the superior quality, 88 right. films is definitely the way to go. If you don't care that much, Synapse, because A, it's cheaper right now, and B, they have way better special features. Right. Um, so Wait, did you say Synapse is actually cheaper right now? Currently, yeah. Really? I, I, I actually looked last last night on Amazon and it's like uh, $4 cheaper I want to say really yeah but then again if you're you're hearing about this really for the first time with us um, if you're just kind of curious uh, I still think this one's worth picking up um, like I said Synapse is cheaper and has a lot of cool special features um, I still think you should pick this one up like I said I give it 4 out of 5 Mike, on the other hand, he he's probably not gonna back you on that one. Well, no, I would get. I want the. Uh, I mean, I would pick up the eighty-eight one just because I do like eighty-eight films as a company. So I will pretty much buy whatever they put out. And I get that, and, and you know, from doing the the research and looking at the the two versions of this, they definitely do the superior restoration. 
I mean, when I'm I'm comparing Synapse to 88 films, it is it's clear. I mean, the 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 clarity, the the brightness of the picture, it it's it's all right there. I mean, they beat Synapse hands down, right. just without a doubt, right there. Now, if they would just pay for the rights or whatever and get those special features, it would be a no-brainer. You could just forget about the Synapse one and just go 88 100%. But they don't really seem to give a fuck about the special features. I'm kind of noticing that. Yeah, sometimes that. I mean, well, I think it all depends, too, because it's different uh, It's different territory-wise. Like, uh, you know, they may not have had the rights to port all those bonus features over from Synapse because they might have just, you know, been granted the license to distribute the movie in the UK but right. not the the bonus features. Right, and I, and I get that. And it does seem to be um, a priority for 88 Films to... And, and I get it. They should pride themselves on their product. They do a great job on the restorations. I just wish they'd give us a little bit more supplemental. Um, honestly, at this point, if... Uh, the further we get into this, uh, I might end up coming down that they just should focus on streaming because their products are amazing. I just, I, if I'm buying a hard disc, I, I want, I want other shit. You know, I want a reason to actually dig deep into the film and stuff like that. I, I don't, special features are are a, a a a thing for me that I want so. It's just kind of a letdown when I'm like, oh, well, let's check out the special features. Trailer. Commentary. Slasher 101. That's not the name of the documentary, but it should have been. Right. Uh, which I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bashing that. I, I did enjoy that documentary, but. Well, I was actually thinking at some point getting the guy that made it, I believe it was uh, Callum Waddell. I would like to have him on the program and speak to him because he seems to be very scholarly. When it comes to the slasher genre, horror and now, that might be an interesting conversation. But you know what's even more interesting than that? What's a better conversation? Uh, what are you thinking about? I'm thinking about our conversation that's coming up after the break with none other than Joe Bob Briggs. We get to sit down and talk to him about the last drive-in and some other stuff. We we try and dive deep. Um. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, it was a huge honor. I mean, uh, man, since we started doing shit like this, he was one of the people I've always wanted to interview. Yeah, it's like uh, before the last drive, <laughs> Joe Bob stops by Rabbit and Red. Yeah, so um, stay tuned for that. Coming up and next, then, bitches! Here we go. And then after Joe Bob, we will dive into The Boogeyman. From 1980, Slasher Classics Collection, number 10. An Evil Dead TV show? No way. 
Negan is coming to The Walking Dead. That's awesome. Don't you guys think a werewolf series is long overdue? Oh, hello there. Are you looking for coverage of horror on the small screen that you can't find on any other podcast? Then welcome to Evil Episodes Podcast, where we take an in-depth look at horror around the dial, covering everything from today's hits like The Walking Dead, American Horror Story, and The Strain. As well as looking back into the TV horror vault to discuss anthologies like Tales from the Crypt, Monsters, Masters of Horror. Yeah, but do any of those shows have werewolves in them? What movies will become a TV series next? Just how many more seasons will every CW show get? Why won't they put some damn werewolves on TV? Tune in to Evil Episodes Podcast for all your horror on television needs and more. I need werewolves. Hey, did I mention how Lovecraftian all this actually is? You know, a lot of people write me and say, Hey, Joe Bob Briggs, just what is Monster Vision? You don't need no special glasses or an insect's head. Just a healthy love for slime and disrespect for the dead. We'll talk about some movies by the old double wide. And when you get that creepy feeling creeping up inside, well, then you got Monster Vision. It's a heck of a fright. We're tearing the heart out of Saturday night. These Monster Vision movies serve a primitive drive. Cause watching people die can make you feel so alive So throw away your clicker now, the flicks have begun Cause there's nothing you can do while fully dressed It's as fun as watching TNT beneath the bugs after light We're tearing the heart out of Saturday night Tearing the heart out of Saturday night Ladies and gentlemen, it is my distinct honor to welcome to the show a man that has had a large impact on my life, a man that has introduced me and so many others to so many glorious films, and my favorite car of all time, the one, the only, Joe Bob Briggs. Glad to be here, guys. As I said, Joe Bob, it is a complete honor to get to speak to you. Um, As Mike said off air uh you're pretty much one of my idols so this is a huge honor for me Uh oh too much pressure (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna disappoint you now Uh, i doubt that sometimes i go sometimes i go to the fan conventions they they introduce me as the world's foremost expert on uh on uh, uh b movies or exploitation films or whatever and i they always stump me on the very first question (laughs) <laughs> well we'll we'll try and take it easy on you um just just okay. kind of to, to, to start with i wanted to uh i, I wanted to just kind of talk about how you got started because it, it's kind of like the american dream i mean you went from a little dirt farming town in texas to a colonist and then you got your stage show guested on drive-in theater and then you just kind of made it your own so that's 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 a hell of a start right there. That that is the American dream, in my opinion. Really, to uh, to be a drive-in movie critic is the American dream. It's like, well, I'm, I'm simply I saying at the time, at the time I was the only one. Uh, that's why it was so weird. Um, <laughs> uh, at at the time I started writing about uh, uh, exploitation films. Um, they were considered trash. Nobody reviewed them. They were considered disposable. And so um, my column, which first appeared in the Dallas Times-Herald, was really the only place 
that was regularly reviewing a certain type of film. And um, uh, it was controversial for that reason, because they were considered such, they were considered almost porn, you know, pornography. Right. Um, the horror films and the science films, science fiction films, and um, everything that, played, that premiered at the drive-in and premiered at the grindhouse. And so, um, so, so, so it didn't look like a good career choice at the time because, because uh, uh, everyone was was uh, telling me it was it was not the thing to be doing. Uh, I remember there was an article by Janet Maslin, the uh, film critic to the New York Times, actually calling these films pornography and actually saying that they should not be reviewed. Um, even Roger Ebert, who seems like a pop culture fan, um, used to call for censorship of certain films. You know, he, he hated I Spit on Your Grave. Um, um, he, he thought certain films were damaging to people. So, so uh, the fact that I was celebrating these films, and there were a couple of other guys that were celebrating them. I, I was, uh, John Waters wrote a book, uh, celebrating some of the same directors that I was talking about. Um, a guy named Bill Landis in New York used to go to Times Square and review all the movies in the grindhouses. Uh, and he had a fanzine called Sleazoid Express, one of the best fanzines ever ever published. And um, it was really just us. It was Bill was doing the grindhouses and I was doing the drive-ins and that was it. <laughs> so really what got you started in the, the drive-in reviewing What got me started? Oh, well, um, well I, with reviewing drive-in films, that is. Yeah, well, I was I was a, a regular mainstream film critic at the Dallas Times Herald, and I know, and I hated the Hollywood mainstream films, and I noticed that these films that premiered at the drive-in were never uh, reviewed and were never screened for critics, and so I started calling up the distributors and saying, "Hey, you got to screen this movie for me," and they said, "No, we never screen our movies for critics." Except one guy, uh, Roger Corman, he really liked my column, and so he um, uh, would screen his movies for me. And I, it, uh, my friendship with Roger is really what led to the drive-in totals and all the things that I put in the column. Uh, uh, the, the rules of exploitation movies were really developed through conversations with Roger Corman and, uh, in the early 80s. <laughs> so I, I know that your impact with you know uh, Joe Bob's drive-in theater and then later Monster Vision has been huge so I can only imagine that the, the fan response once you asked about returning must have been huge just mind-blowing um, are you talking about for this for this uh, Shutter yes. Marathon thing, yeah, when, when yeah, well, you initially was, teased it, no, I was, I was kind of amazed to tell you the truth. I mean, it's been 17 years since I was on TV, <laughs> and so I was a little bit. I thought it was going to be a one-off, you know, deal for nostalgia purposes. You know, I said, they said, you want to do this, and I said, well, yeah. And they said, what do you want to do? You know, host a few movies. And I said, oh, let's do a whole weekend. And so um, it just became a, 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 
a thing that we call the last drive-in because I really, you know, I was going to be this reprise of the two previous shows that I did all those years ago. And um, I was really amazed when we announced it, uh, uh, the number of people that, uh, you know, are apparently going to tune in for it. Stephen King tweeted about it. I mean, <laughs> he said, I can't wait to see this. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just amazed that after all these years, people remember the show that well. And um, I was also amazed the number of, of the old shows that are, that are um, on YouTube. Because the only way they could be on YouTube is if you recorded them at the time that they were on TV. <laughs> and so, uh, 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 so I even have some... Uh, younger viewers who weren't alive at the time that I went off the air. <laughs> but uh, it's good. I'm, I'm, I have no idea, you know, whether it's going to, you know, what's going to happen on, on July 13th. I, uh, uh, we, we, we put everything into the show that's in, that was in the old shows, you know, the ranch, the, the uh, drive-in tunnels, the... Um, it's a mixed bag of movies, you know, some of them are classics, some of them are cult classics, some of them are so bad they're good, um, uh, you know, just uh, uh, some of them have historical value, you know, for horror, uh, some of them I just have good stories to tell about them, uh, and it's actually going to run like 26, 27 hours instead of 24 hours because I talked too much and we were trying to which 13 movies because it's Friday the 13th 13 movies you know so um, uh, so it's going to run over it's like a dusk to dawn to dusk to almost dawn again marathon <laughs> well I don't think anyone tuning in is going to complain about extra Joe Bob extra grindhouse movies extra drive-in movies no one is going to complain about that okay well <laughs> well, also being curious, you were talking about the movies. What was kind of, what was it kind of like selecting them? I mean, this is the first time in a very long time you get to show uncensored films. Uh, I'm just kind of yeah. curious well, about that. Um, Shutter has a six or seven hundred film library, and so we started with their list. And the uh, the director of the show is a guy named Austin Jennings, who is a monster vision fanatic and a monster vision uh, expert. He remembers things that I did on the show that I don't remember doing. And so um, he went through and said, well, these are the ones that are sort of fit the old monster vision format. And I went through and marked the ones that I thought I had good stories to tell about the movie, you know, that maybe people didn't know. Um, and, uh, we just kind of put it together um, uh, that way, and um, and uh, you know it's like I say it's a mixed bag. Um, they don't want uh, they're not re they're not revealing all the titles because they want people to to watch you know right uh, to see what's next. Um, but I can tell you that like for example, one of them that we chose is a movie that I'm very, very fond of called Tourist Trap from 1979. It's a um, uh, supernatural slasher um, 
I don't know what you would call it. It kind of defies description. Stars Chuck Connors at the time that Chuck Connors was trying to become the next Boris Karloff. Didn't really work out for him, but that's what he was trying to do. And um, it has uh, Tanya Roberts in it. It has um, uh, uh, anyway. It's a David. It's 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 directed by this guy David Schmoller, who didn't have much of a. Uh, he's not as famous as some other horror directors, but he's really, really talented. Uh, this should have launched him into stardom, but it did not. It was a big flop at the box office. And I've always thought it was a, it, it was overlooked and ignored for no good reason. And so uh, we're going to show that movie in an attempt to sort of rehabilitate the reputation of it. Hardcore horror fans know about that movie, but most people would not recognize Tourist Trap as... <laughs> that wouldn't be on their list of, of, of um, finally remembered horror films. Um, we're going to show Basket Case because I had something to do with the initial release of Basket Case, and I've been friends with uh, Frank Hennenwater for years, and um, uh, and and it's 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 a one of a kind cult classic in my opinion. It's one of the it's one of the best horror comedies ever done. Um, a lot of people wouldn't say there's much comedy in it, but I, but I think it's, I think it's very funny and very scary, and that's hard to do. It's hard to combine the two things effectively. Um, uh, what else? So we're going to show Sleepaway Camp, um, one of the weirdest horror uh, <laughs> films ever made, a movie that's still controversial to this day. Um, because, uh, you know, there's still controversy about just what the ending, what happens at the ending of that movie. But uh, we're going to deal with that. We're going to deal with that on the show. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, you know, that's a little bit of a sample of what, of, of some of the stuff that's going to be. Oh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. 13 movie marathon. Yeah, and definitely. By the way, we're, having, we're, we're doing commercial interruptions because they had commercial interruptions on Monster Vision, even though we have no commercials. We're <laughs> just <laughs> <me> talking. <laughs> so that's insane. <laughs> um, but um, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's it's uh, it's a total reboot of of the shows I've done before. And, and you know, I, I think that's what is most appealing is not just the nostalgia, but people get to re-experience these films with you. And I think one of the reasons you've had such an impact on my life and so many others is not only are we getting to share this experience and live vicariously through your experiences with them, but you're, you're introducing us to so many other films and you're letting us know that we're not the only ones out there when there wasn't an internet where we could realize that there were other people like us out there. Yeah, yeah, and that's very <laughs> that's very gratifying. I, I always tried to make it about the movie. Um, uh, you know, there's two styles of hosting. You can do fuck stunts <laughs> that have nothing to do with the movie, or you can like, deep dive into the movie. And I always did the deep dive into the movie. And, um, uh, and uh, I, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people over the years at the fan conventions and the horror film festivals and the various places who, um, who will come up to me and say, you know, 
you legitimized my love of these movies. In other words, they were embarrassed about it or they <laughs> got flack from their parents when they first, you know, developed their love of horror or their love of of um of exploitation in general. And um then they discovered my show and it was like, Oh, here's a guy who really takes them seriously. Um and so it made them, you know, feel better. And um that's always the best kind of uh the best kind of story that people tell you when they uh when they come up to me at these at these events. Well I, I know that um one of your favorite films to show uh, on uh, Joe Bob's Drive-In Theater was The Evil Dead, and I have to say that's my favorite film. I'm just kind of curious, what were some of your favorites to show over the years? Um, well, uh, there's there's two answers to that. I mean, on the on the uh, on the good movie side, um, Hellraiser, Reanimator. Um, um, you know, my list is not that surprising. It's, it's hysteria. It's, it's, it's the films that all horror fanatics love. Um, uh, on the, uh, on the so bad it's good side, um, Howling 7 was a particular favorite of mine. It's the one that killed the Howling franchise. It was so bad. Um, <laughs> but it has a certain charm to it because the guy who made it, you know, totally believed that he was making a great movie. And so uh, it's all filmed at Pioneer Town, California, which is an old uh, abandoned um, B-movie western town um, that was taken over by bikers sometime in the 60s. <laughs> and and uh, they, they, for some reason, they filmed The Howling 7 there, using footage from The Howling 6, 5, and 4, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and a lot of country western, um, uh, musical interludes. Uh, and, uh, uh, that, that was a fun film to do. Um, uh, but, uh, um, you know, I, I, I uh, there were so many, I was on, I was on TV 52 weeks a year for 16 years. So there's so many, there's so many films. There are actually films that we showed that I cannot remember showing, and people <laughs> will remind me, and they'll actually show me the, the the actual episode, and I'll say, you know, that had to be a bad film. If I can't even, <laughs> I can't even remember talking about it. Um, and then there's some that stand out that that where it didn't work, where people didn't really care about the film. But we loved them, you know. Um, Blood Harvest, for example, um, stars Tiny Tim. I think it's the only movie that Tiny Tim was ever in, uh, or at least the only horror movie that Tiny Tim was ever in. And um, I only, I, I, I really liked it. Uh, the audience, you know, yawned. Uh, they didn't care for that film <laughs> at all. Um, uh, so it was. Uh, we, ne we never knew from week to week um, what, what people would like and what they wouldn't like. Uh, uh, we had a we had a movie called Super Beast, you know, which uh, they booked on Monster Vision because of the title Super Beast. Well, there was no beast and there was nothing super about the movie. It was just two hours of people wandering around in the in the jungle in the Philippines. Um, I, it was incomprehensible. In fact, we had a contest to say, you know, if you can successfully describe the plot of this movie, uh, we'll send you a case of Old Milwaukee. And uh, all these people 
all these people wrote in uh, their descriptions of um, of the movie. I read them on the air. Nobody won, <laughs> which was good because the lawyers told me I was already in trouble because you can't offer a case of Old Milwaukee as a prize in a contest. You <laughs> <laughs> can't send Old Milwaukee through the mail. <laughs> and so they didn't watch me too close. You know, I would get in trouble after the fact, you know, because <laughs> we would do stuff like that. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, so... You know, uh, a, a, a lot of a lot of the good times that I remember from the show were bad movies. Uh, but we just had fun. Oh, I remember. Oh, one of them that we showed several times that I always loved was The Warriors. Mm. And um, if you're familiar with that movie, and uh, uh, for some reason people always remember this, but the way I the way I described The Warriors is I had a New York City subway map and. I would show exactly where the warriors were at any given time in the movie and which train they were taking. And because if you remember, they had to they had to fight their way back through all the gangs. It started in the North Bronx and had to fight their way through every gang all the way back to Coney Island. Right. And so, and so uh, we had this subway. Well, everyone remembers the subway map. They say, I remember that time you had that subway map and you were talking about how they couldn't have been on the free train. They had to be on the because, you know, it was like, so they remembered all the moments from the movie because of the subway map. Well, I just feel the need to bring it up. Since we're talking about movies, actually, on uh, tonight's episode, we are discussing uh, Intruder and 1981's uh, Boogeyman. What are your thoughts on those two? Well, you're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> Um, who's in the intruder? Who's in the intruder? Uh, Mike, this is your yeah, department. I, that's, um, Dan Hicks. I'm blanking. And, uh, let's see, Scott Spiegel did, Scott Spiegel did it, right? It was like, uh... He directed it, yeah. Yeah, made by a lot of the, uh, Evil Dead people. It's, um, they're in a convenience you said, the, you said the intruder, and immediately I thought William Shatner. And I don't know what William Shatner movie was, was, had a similar title. But uh, but I'm blanking on the intruder. You're embarrassing me bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't know, guys. I I don't know. I can't remember those particular titles. And that's fair enough. Yeah. Now, I I know that you said that uh, the last drive-in is the last rodeo, one and done. But I I'm just curious: Will we be possibly ever getting more commentaries? Will you ever do like a road show or just more appearances? Well, I do, I do a live show now uh, called uh, How Redneck Saved Hollywood, which is about, uh, where are you guys based? Where are you guys based? Uh, Pennsylvania. Right. Outside Philly. Um, okay, west, eastern or western? Because um, um, I, I haven't done it yet in Pennsylvania. So get me booked get me booked in Philly or Pittsburgh, and I'll do the show. But anyway, it's How, How Redneck <laughs> Saved Hollywood. It's about 250... Um, uh, clips and stills. It's the whole history of the redneck, where he comes from, how he got to America, but as told through the movies. And um, uh, and I've I've done it in I've done it north of the Mason Dixon line and survived. Originally, <laughs> I just did it in the South, you know, for true redneck audiences. And then uh, uh, I got this invitation to do it at a theater in Boston, and um, 
every redneck in Boston showed up for that, uh, both of them. And uh, we, we had a good time. And so ever since that, I've been doing it, uh, even in northern venues. So, uh, But I, I love to do the live shows. It's, it's much more fun than TV because TV, you're just sitting in a concrete room with 10 other people and um, you're sending this stuff out into the void and you don't know if they're liking it or not. <laughs> And in uh, in li- in live performance, they tell you right away whether they liked it or not. So, um, uh, so I I, I do do uh, um, uh, performances. I and I introduce. I, I get asked a lot to just introduce um, cult films or old films, or you know, give background on. Be a curator. They, they use this w- fancy word now. Be a curator for the film. <laughs> You know, that's just like in the last couple of years, people have started saying, this needs to be curated. This needs to be, this is material that needs to be curated. So, so I'm not just a host anymore, I'm a curator. (laughs) Well, just being curious, with the last drive-in, since it is your last four-way into televised, uh, presentation will we be getting the last televised drive-in oath oh uh well we haven't planned to do the drive-in oath because we don't have anybody to give the oath to on the show right (laughs) uh we do have a couple of guests uh uh come by for a couple of a couple of the movies but uh but no we we won't be doing the drive-in oath uh i occasionally um uh, up here at a drive-in, and of course we always do it at the drive-in. Um, I like those events because you stand up on top of the concession stand and sort of, and so they give you this mic that where they pipe you into everybody's car. So it's weird because they can't really, you don't really know when they're listening. So yeah, I occasionally ask them to honk their horns. <laughs> um, but I always, do, I, I always do the drive-in oath at the, uh, at the when I when I'm at the drive-in. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, everyone out there listening that is a fan of Joe Bob, please tune in to Shudder on Friday the 13th for the last drive-in. It will be one experience you will never regret. Joe Bob, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Hey, Paul, what I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know, that might be kind of too long. So like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. And yeah, yeah. But what about, I like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe he can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think, I I mean, we might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and you know sure, just sure. just all kinds of actors and and I think people will do that. I think sure. Why not? Well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at 
who will survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh, wait. Can we do it underwater with piranhas killing me? That would kind of be brutal. And if that doesn't work, then you can do the regular promo. All right. Well, just get in the water and I'll go get some fish. All right, cool. Holy shit, I still can't believe we talked to him. Jesus Christ, that was amazing, was it not? <laughs> um, it he was. was here. He was here. A living I'm only... legend. Shush. A living legend was here. Before yeah, my... <laughs> he goes to the last drive-in. You don't understand. He came here before he goes to the last drive-in. He came here first. That's true. Um, and I, I, like I said multiple times, I'm deeply honored. Uh, it, it, I, I loved getting to interview him. I just feel like I could have done a better job. Uh, a, I was a little nervous. I think some of you people could notice because he is a, a, a fucking icon. He, he is a role model of He's mine. A living legend. Absolutely. And uh, we could only talk to him at 10 in the morning. <laughs> I'm not a morning person. Um, You're not a morning. That's an understatement. Yeah, so I think I went to bed at three in the morning. Mm. Rolled out at God uh, eight. Uh, dropped the old lady off at work. Start pounding Mountain Dew so I can actually. You and the old lady. That's great. I dropped the fiance off at work. Start pounding Mountain Dew so I can actually get some fucking brain cells firing, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I'm sitting here, and man, my brain's just not working. <laughs> but it was still an honor. I still think I did a a good job. Um, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really do. Uh, really hope at some point we get to talk to him again. Mike and I are currently uh, talking about a top secret project that uh, we're actually in conversations with Joe Bob's people about. So at some point in the future, you may hear more from Joe Bob Briggs in Rabbit and Red Radio. That would be sweet. If that can happen, that would definitely be sweet. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a fucking great time we live in right now where Joe Bob can come back, where... You know, Shudder's giving us this opportunity to go back down our our childhood lane and just fucking live in nostalgia land for a little bit for like what twenty six hours. It's gonna be oh no, fucking he's gonna up- stay back. He's gonna stay back. He's not going away after that. I I take him at his word that this is one and done. Uh yeah, but he said himself he doesn't know what's gonna happen. I mean, I trust me. I I I would fucking love it if, if he he did some kind of program, anything do a like that. Weekly thing. It's not that difficult to just do one thing a week. I like I said, man. I would love it. I'm just I'm not sold on the fact Joe that it's going to happen. Joe Bob's Uptown Saturday Night. <laughs> Uptown Saturday Night. <laughs> Joe Bob's Last Call. Yeah. Yeah, and have it on like two in the morning. Yeah, the bar's just closed. Come watch a fucking horror movie with me. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, anything with him, I, I would fucking. Sarsaparilla and watch. You know, if uh, if fucking Turner Enterprises, I think I don't know Turner if the, the Turner. No, no, no. If 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 the Turner Company took advantage of their video archives right now and just was like, you know what? We're going to pay for the rights and we're going to put out Monster Vision on DVD. I don't give a fuck that it's on DVD. I'm pre-ordering day of. <laughs> you could tell me $200 price tag. Don't give a shit. I will pull that shit right out of my savings. Pre-order. Okay, and then the fiance is <laughs> going to be like, you stupid motherfucker. Oh no, I just wouldn't tell her. Eventually, she's going to notice. Oh no, it'll come in the mail and be like, oh my god, honey, look what Mike sent us. God, he's such a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're doing with Terrifier and shit, isn't it? Uh, I haven't decided. Like, on the one hand, I might make it up an excuse. On the other hand, I might just put it on the shelf and... Nine times out of ten, she'll never notice. Well, she doesn't go to the horror <laughs> stuff anyway, I'm sure. No, not really. She's like, um, <laughs> Lifetime movies? Yes, please. This horror bullshit? <laughs> Intruder? No, she, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> no, she she likes a lot of like the action drama, stuff like that. Um, but, uh... Oh, Iowa well, Dogs well, comes out on Tuesday. Oh, that's so cute. That looks fucking stupid. I can't wait to see it. That's going to be so awesome. I wanted to go to the theater and actually see that one, but I didn't I've make it. never been a fan it's of the getting filmmaker. getting a 4K release, and I will be purchasing. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, uh, with horror films, she she does enjoy, the, like, Hatchet. She loves the Hatchet films. Oh, God. Um, like, Friday the 13th, stuff like that she gets into. Oh, she'll get uh, into but, Friday the 13th. I didn't know about that. But the films that are actually... Yeah. Does, but she, the films, does she know who Donald is? No. You haven't told her who Donald is. But the films that are actually scary, she, she can't get into those. Those are the ones that okay, Halloween is scary. are off limits. No, no, it's not. Like, um, okay, case in point, when we went and uh, saw Blair Witch in the theater, oh God, here we go. It, it terrified her, <laughs> and she flat out has told me afterwards that... Uh, I shouldn't even take her to movies like that because uh, she didn't even watch the third act. She was just scared. So, so was she like curled up like in your shoulder or something? Uh, she was curled up with her hands kind of over her face. She didn't like ask for your like manly protection and where it was like, you know. I, I think she didn't want me to realize how little of the film she was watching. <laughs> <gasps> Would you laugh at her if you noticed that? Um, oh, I did laugh when I, I saw the hands kind of up blocking the eyes. and <laughs> But I, I can't really say anything because I jumped a couple times too. It's it's a good film. And for all those of you that are out there, it's like, oh, it's fucking stupid. Fuck you. And you know what? Let's talk about a film that is fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, God. Here you go. Um, Let's get I in to the boogeyman. statement entirely.
Well, Mike, uh, well, break it down. Mike, What what is The Boogeyman? In The Boogeyman, uh, Slasher Classics Collection, number 10. A young girl witnesses her brother murder a man through a reflection in a mirror. Twenty years later, the mirror is shattered, freeing his evil spirit, which seeks revenge for his death. That's actually a good premise. Okay, so let's get our drive-in totals, and then we will finish out this double feature. All right, so our drive-in totals for the Boogeyman. We have... We have six dead bodies, one and a half boobs. I'm I'm counting as a half. Those were great boobs, by the way. Okay, continue. Uh, It was real quick. I'm not sure if we got both. We definitely got one. So I'm saying one and a half boobs here, people. I could tell you have to slow-mo and jerk it. (laughs) Slow-mo, you fucking had to stop it. Yeah, but anyway. you slow-mo first, like the frame-by-frame frame shit, and then when you get the frame to the perfect thing, yeah. you know, as long as you don't see blood on there, then I can get into it. <laughs> All right, so driving total, six dead bodies, one and a half boobs. We have one knife to the back, one pair of scissors to the throat, one window crushing, one double impaling. That was great. One pitchfork to the chest. We have some drunken aardvarking going on. I don't know. What and is, but okay. haunted mirror foo. Oh, I get it now with the foo shit. And uh, uh, aardvarking was Joe Bob's way of saying fucking. But oh. he was on TV and couldn't say fucking. Oh, I get it. That was so, very clever, yeah. Joe Bob. I, you know, I wish I would have known that during the interview. I would have, you know, um, praised him for his cleverness. Yeah. You say you love Joe Bob, but you you truly are not a drive-in <laughs> mutant. I didn't watch him as much as you did, but I did watch him quite a bit. I've, I'm not ashamed to, well, I'm a little ashamed to say that's how I spent my Saturday nights. Yeah, I uh, yeah. See, I was anyway. older than you, though. I had more important things to do, like uh, masturbate to porn. Pretty much, because you weren't getting anything real. Yeah, just like now. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> All right. So, with the boogeyman, mm-hmm. we open with two little kids spying on their drunk, neglectful mother as she fools around with some fucking weirdo wearing a stocking <laughs> on his head. No, no, no. Uh, correction. He was not wearing the stocking. She was wearing the stocking. She takes the stocking off and, and and persuades him to put the stocking on. Or I think she actually puts the stocking on She does him. put it on him. Yeah, I yeah. thought she did. So that's what I'm saying. She makes him wear it. He did not want to wear it. She <sighs> forced it as kind of a bondage. Well, this motherfucker at no point took it off. So he didn't have a problem with this. At all. Dude, he was getting laid. Why would you take that off? I think they were so fucking shit-faced that... Probably. Anyway, the kids are spotted, and the man rapes the little... Oh, wait, no, no, he doesn't rape the little boy. He just ties him to the bed and gags him. 
holy shit, they need some better framing because we see the mom and the little girl and this guy working real hard and the kid screaming. I thought he was just fucking going to town on this kid. It was like, what the fuck, Boogie, man? But no, the the framing adjusts and we actually get to see that he's not raping the little boy. He's just tying him to the bed and gagging him. Yes. Oh, this is good. This is good parenting right here. Yeah, this can this this can pass. This is better than a Serbian film. Okay. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, so <laughs> no, I'm girl... not saying I'm not saying better than a Serbian film that you know it shouldn't happen. Or wait, uh, all right, hold on, I'm having a brain fart. Maybe that it, is what you're saying. <laughs> it's, it's not okay. It's not as bad as a Serbian film in terms of you know with the child rape and stuff like that because you don't see penetration. Right. So, that's good. All right. So the little girl fakes to go to sleep and goes and gets a knife instead and frees her brother. Only to watch him go and kill this stocking-wearing fucking weirdo as he is just railing their drunk mom. Yeah. Now, do you wonder Do you wonder if Why? you put it in the poop chute? Uh, I doubt it because they're both face up. I mean, it's a lot easier when she's face down. Yeah, but you can still get it in the poop. Oh, you still can. I'm just saying it's easier. You know, the stink is 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 very close in proportion to the uh, pink. Uh, better thrusting if she's face down. Just saying. Anyway. Uh, ah, so you know, okay? So Let's see, this is getting interesting, people. From here, we flash forward 20 years. Yeah. I think there's. Yes, not really years. an explanation. It's twenty years. Everybody and, says fucking twenty years after the fact. So unless you're yeah. completely like, Dang. I'm just saying right years. here at this moment in the film though is just boom, flash cut to someone else, and they're in a church. So we're just no explanation. We don't know who these people are. She's just I can't stop thinking about that night. Oh god, yeah. You, you couldn't put up fucking twenty years later on the screen. You didn't need to, though. This was a much more clever and efficient way to do it. Eh, I, I guess. Titles cost um, so money. This saves it. We're reintroduced to these kids here, and they're all grown up, and they live on a farm with their aunt and uncle. So we're kind of left to believe that after this night, they were just sent off with their aunt and uncle, and they're still clearly traumatized by the murder because... Yeah, they're fucked up. Uh, Lacey's now married and has a child, which this is the little girl because we never really got her name up until now. And Willie, who's the murderer, no longer speaks. Why is he free? What? What? How? How? How did nobody at any point in this talk about what happened to him? The trial? I mean, he fucking murdered a guy. Yeah, the guy was committing child abuse, but murder. He got off nothing. No, not yeah. No one says anything about the psychiatrist he had to see. No one says self defense. The guy was fucking his mom. There's no self defense there. Yeah, but he also tied him up. So after he was done with his mom, you know where he was going. Uh, uh man, I thought he was already there from the framing of that. How we opened with that? Well, yeah, that's why they're they're trying to. You know, it's very clever and unique framing. It's not clever. Yes, it is. So. Continuing with this, one night at dinner, Lacey gets a letter from her estranged mom asking to see them one last time. And Willie just kind of storms off because he's reading it over her shoulder. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
Lacey starts to have creepy flashbacks as her husband's cutting a chicken, and yeah. god damn, do they need some fucking sharper knives or what? Because he's taking for fucking ever to cut that fucker up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why they're dull, because, you know, if Willie was to get his hands on one, you know, it would take him a while to cut through flesh. That's why. Get his hands on him. He's got a whole fucking drawer full of them. Yeah, well, that's why they're all dull and they're not sharp. Apparently. Yeah. But later that night, Lacey has a dream that she's dragged across the floor, bound to a bed, gagged, and then stabbed. Mm. Now, is it me or did you think this was going to turn into a porno here? Because, yeah, she's screaming and everything, but man, this scene is really fucking sexualized. Well, because they're both sleeping naked. She's not nude in this scene, Mike. Oh, she was. When she's being dragged. She was in a bra, though. Right. I'm just saying that. I'm saying, but when she woke up, she was naked. Right. Yes. But here in in this part. I only focus on when she wakes up, because that's the most intriguing. Then, Then there's boobs. Well, no, there's not boobs, but there's 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 something where you know there's that under well, yeah, because under the blanket, you know, she's just covering them, you know, and if right. she just slips, but just a little I slip, you know, and there you I go. don't I don't know that this stood out to me because you know it's supposed to be scary, and it, it's supposed to unsettle you. Oh, it's scary, and but, it is unsettling. But the the way that it's just shot and she performs it, it comes off really really sexualized like i said it 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 completely hits the wrong tones like i don't know it did this guy used to make porn because it wrong tones completely across the way maybe that's just me but that dream wasn't scary at all Mm, i disagree it was very scary because you know (laughs) she's in a bra and she's sweating and she's being dragged. You don't know where she's I think being dragged to. On. She doesn't know where she's being dragged to. I thought for a second she was being dragged down a well. <laughs> because, you know, I saw stone on the side and I'm like, well, he's going to pitch her down into a well and then he's going to climb down into the well. And then that's where we're going to have the incest. See? Sexualized right there. Yeah, well, but anyway. exactly. That's what you said. That's what you want. That's what they're giving us. She wakes up and she tells her husband about this dream. And, you know, this guy's just, her husband's fed up with this and takes her to a psychiatrist. Right. And psychiatrist puts her in a trance and suddenly she turns into fucking Reagan from The Exorcist. (laughs) What the fuck is this piss poor shit? I, I, um, no. It's fucking stupid. I disagree. Oh. She repressed it so much that it has turned into this. Mm-hmm. No, she's clearly not repressed it because she's fucking dealing with this all the time, having flashbacks and shit. And now she's just talking yeah, well, like a fucking demon because they thought it was re- scary or something. It. That's repressing it because she's just no. having flashbacks. It's not like she's doing anything repressing, else with it. Repressing it is refusing to deal with it at all. This is not repression. Well, no, she's repressing it, but the memory itself is trying to escape her mind. Uh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Um, it, it's, to me, it, it's fucking stupid, and it's just trying to go off from what the exorcist did and try and be scary, but it doesn't work. Anyway, 
under the advisement from their psychologist, Lacey and her husband go to their childhood home. And uh, what the fuck is with her husband? I mean, this dude treats her like a child. He's just fucking talking down to her. I mean, seriously, this relationship is like one step away from physical abuse. Well, I think he sees her as mentally ill, and I feel (laughs) that he got with her in the first place because he feels like he can heal her or help her or something like that. I I don't know what it is, but man, he's just fucking talking down to her. I'm sick of this, blah, blah, blah. I I really expected him just to backhand her at (laughs) one point. I'm surprised it didn't come. Yeah, I'm just like... It's right there. It's, he's like fucking teetering. Like you, you know, in the back of his mind, he's like, "I'm so fucking say that night one more time, bitch, and I'm gonna fucking slap you." Do you think <sighs> anyway, that would have, you know, increased your enjoyment of the film if that would have happened? Uh no, <laughs> no. Anyway, they go to the house, and there's three teens there because uh, their parents are conveniently out of town, and even more conveniently, mm-hmm. they're selling the house. So. Lacey and her husband pose as people interested in buying so they can get a tour of the house and they go all through and everything seems fine mm-hmm. until Lacey sees the mirror in the master bedroom. And of course in that, she sees the reflection of the stocking-wearing weirdo and she freaks out and smashes the mirror. Yeah, that yeah. was a good one. I like that one. Okay. And her husband comes in and... it. Basically, is a complete asshole. He's like, I'll pay for this, blah, blah, blah. Bags it up. And then as they're walking the car, he's like, get in the car, bitch. Why are we taking it? I said get in the fucking car. We're taking this back. Like, yep. this guy is well, one step, as I her, said. He wants her to face her fear. And this is the only way he can have her do that. There there are more supportive ways of doing that. I mean, no, literally, dude, you he is one be, step away from smacking when, okay, her. Okay, here's the thing. when 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 a bitch is like that. You just got to get your fucking, you know, thug shit on and show her who's boss. And that's exactly what he did. I bet. I bet you have all kinds of experience with that. Oh, yeah, dude. My pimp hand's strong. (laughs) So they go home and this guy, this guy manages to put this fucking shattered mirror back together. But it's missing a piece. Don't forget that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's missing one piece. One fucking piece. But he's able to put this fucking thing back together. Mm-hmm. Bull fucking shit. Not at all. It's like a It's like a fucking puzzle. The pieces go back together like a puzzle. Yeah. Bull. Anyway. So. Uh, <laughs> you don't even know what to say. It, it's, it's so fucking stupid. But. Yeah. He's pieced it back together, he's put it up in their kitchen, and he's forcing her to live with it. This guy's a fucking emotionally abusive dick. Mm. But anyway, we've already talked about that. You think he's helping, I think he's an asshole. Yeah. He's helping. <laughs> While all this was going on, though, Mike, Yeah. Lacey's friend showed up, and she starts hitting on Willie. That was great, She too, wants yeah. Willie's Willie. Mm-hmm. And Willie just kind of freaks out and strangles her. Yeah, that was... Yeah, I know. You you, you love the porn with her gagging. And... Dude, I was like... I was like, you know, dude, he should have just let her fucking take it. Let her fucking do it. The dude could not speak. He was silent. 
you know, so it's not like he'd be sitting there moaning and uh, making all this. This noise. is it right here. You started. You started fucking relating to this guy. You're like, oh, he's got a handicap too. Yeah, I was like, you know, he can't speak, so he's not out there like trying. He's to like, just uh, like me, uh, uh, except no. I can speak and I can't walk. Exactly. <laughs> all right, but you he stops because he sees his reflection. Though, why? This has not been established. What the fuck is any of this? And then, okay, so Willie freaks out, starts painting all the mirrors black. Mm-hmm. His uncle then fucking scolds him like a child. Right. And Willie spends pretty much the rest of this movie removing all the black paint. Right. <sighs> My head is starting to hurt. I love it. I don't see what your problem is with it. It's just you're knowing, you know. By the way, I don't know if you knew this, and I'll, I'll throw this out there for anybody, too. Nicholas Love, who plays Willie, is Susanna Love, who plays Lacey. That's her That's her brother. Yeah, they're, they're actually brother-sister. Uh-huh. It's very I clever filmmaking. I didn't realize that, but okay. Uh, so, now suddenly, this turns into a ghost-haunted mirror movie? Because I, I, the way we were going, everything leading up to... Willie's going to be the killer. Willie's going to keep killing. Willie's going to get triggered and kill everyone. And it flips here. Good job, movie. And that's why I liked it, see, because it's it's very much different from other things very that Very much gotten. different. Yes. I, I do like this flip, how, how they take what you expect and they flip it on its head. Right. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So as we already established, there was a missing piece of mirror, and it's still in the the house. It's still in that childhood home. Yeah. And the ghost of the fucking weirdo goes and kills two of the teens. One of the girls is trimming up her split ends or something. I don't know. Yeah, and that was, and, then and all of a sudden, like she, you know, when she like snipped the top, I'm like, okay, boobs coming out. And they did. Yeah, she just suddenly cuts her top, but hard cut there. We don't we don't get to see anything. Yeah. And she stabs the the scissors into her neck, yeah. and she dies. Right. And then the little kid dives through the window to scare her, and the window kills him. Yeah, I thought that that was great. Eh. Um, and then the 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 oldest mm. girl. Which raises a question. If these are all teenage kids still living at home, how old is this girl who cut her top open? Is she supposed to be, like, fucking 16? Because uh... this girl's the oldest. That's already established. I mean, they all uh... are supposed to be, like, high school age. School age. So I'm confused about that right she could be there. 17. But anyway. So... Those are some illegal boobs that we have here, people. Let's oh, modify no. that drive-in total. Okay. <laughs> One and a half pedophile boobs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the oldest finds the shard, and it's she starts shaking, and there's a weird light, and then she throws it in a sink, and it explodes. Yep. That was great. So, so the, the mirror the explodes in water. The hellfires, yep. What the fuck is this? 
obviously, uh, uh, we'll, hey, we'll save that. Okay. Do you know what the budget so, was for this movie? The budget was three hundred thousand dollars. Do you know how much money it made? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about all this shit here in a little bit. Let's 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 keep plowing because I don't know if we stop if I can keep going through this. <laughs> yeah. It's a great movie. So the I don't ghost, know why you're not liking it. The ghost then goes after Willie, but Lacey saves him from a falling pitchfork. Uh, Lacey then takes her son fishing, mm-hmm. but the, a piece of mirror magically flew off onto the floor and then sticks to the boy's shoe. And yeah, now and that Waller, was clever. I enjoyed that immensely. And while they're fishing, the reflection shines across the lake mm-hmm. to where some kids are picnicking. And the ghost decides he's going to cock block a kid from getting a blowjob. Yeah. But then manages to kill him and his girlfriend and his car. Yeah. Now, this is an really okay kill. I, yeah. I will give it the, 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 the skewer going through his head, through his mouth, mm-hmm. and then the girl checking on him only to f- be shoved in to like a kissing position where the skewer goes through both their heads. Friday to stole a- from it. Ah, they did it so much better. No, they didn't. No, wait, what? What are you talking about? Friday two stole from this. Friday two stole from this. That's what are you what talking about, about? The idea with Jeff and Sandra when you know, in the bed, they got the idea no, from that's, this kill. That's directly from Bay of Blood. It doesn't matter. This had no in, no impact on that whatsoever. Well, then this took. From, I guarantee that. Yeah. I, they probably never saw it, or if okay, they did, well, they didn't then Friday remember. Friday the Thirteenth Part Six stole from this then. When they were on the, the, the motorcycle in the woods. We gotta get the sheriff's office. Ding, 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 ding. Sure. Anyway. <laughs> as I was saying, this kill's actually okay. I, I kinda like it. It's not bad. Um But then we, we go to back to the house, Lacey husband finds another piece of mirror and he struggles to put it back in place because, you know, he starts shaking and there's a weird light and I guess there's energy in the mirror. This is what we're supposed to take from this. Well, not what we're supposed to take, how it actually is. But now, for whatever fucking reason, this asshole that's been a complete degrading dick to her, Mm -hmm. he now believes her 100%. Because he struggled to put this mirror piece back. You know, everything, it falls into, uh, yes, 100%. What? Jesus Christ. Uh, but Lacey and the boy return. And this is almost at the exact same time, and she gets several cuts as he's putting the mirror shard back. So, like, exact same time. And, uh, you know, this guy's all, I believe you, blah, blah, blah. My leap in logic makes no sense, but I believe you. I'm going to call a priest. And the aunt and uncle are the only people here that have any fucking sense because they're like, you're all fucking crazy. This is bullshit. Uh, we're going to do some actual work here. This is a farm. We're going to shut down the barn. You stop smoking whatever fucking crack you have mm-hmm. and get your shit together. Well, that's what you have to do with these kids today. You get them fucking or in the day back then. You got to get them right. under control. Yeah, so the aunt and uncle are just kind of like, whatever, this is bullshit. We're going to go fuck off and die in the barn. Mm-hmm. And they do. They go fuck off to the barn and die. Yep. We don't see it, though. No. But the priest arrives, or the priest arrives, and he touches the mirror. And all the power in the house goes out, and the mirror starts glowing red. Now, 
here's the bad part. That same damn haunted mirror shard flies off, yep. and it covers Lacey's eye, that possessing her. Yes. yes. And and it okay, so it possesses her, and it causes her to cook dinner. Mm-hmm. So l- let me rewind. Yeah. So the mirror's possessed. <laughs> this mirror is possessed mm-hmm. by an abusive drunk. Yes. Who has never actually hurt anyone. He was just tying this kid down so he could go rail his mom. Okay, fair enough. The guy gets murdered and his spirit gets trapped in this mirror. We're supposed to just go with this. And then he's apparently really pissed off and he starts killing anyone he can. Cuz. And uh, now he's able to possess one of the people that was there when he was murdered. Sounds perfectly logical to me. And he causes her to cook dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he possesses her, and, and and the thing he does as soon as he has a body is, I'm gonna make dinner. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he's hungry. He's been trapped in a mirror forever. <laughs> oh my! Okay. For twenty years, he needs. That Keep it together, food. John. He needs okay. the food. So, so, so she's she's cooking away, and her husband touches her. And she spins around, and she's got the the Reagan Exorcist voice back. Yep. Keep away! Keep mm-hmm. away! Yep, that's that. That's perfect. <laughs> and the husband's face randomly just starts to bleed, yep, and he falls was, down. That was brilliant. <laughs> so the priest, he he's uh, gonna try the power of God. He's gonna shield everyone with his giant fucking cross that he just magically pulls out of his ass. Yep. And, of course, his head starts to bleed. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yep. Good imagery. I will give you that. The the priest holding the cross and the blood coming down. It's good imagery. Um, and, you know, because he's got the power of Christ flowing through him and his blood's flowing everywhere, he can pull the, the shard of mirror away from Lacey's eye. And then he falls over dead because there's a bunch of fucking knives in his back. I, okay, whatever. Yeah, well, that's the that's the mirror that made that happen. Ah, uh, and then Willie screams. Yeah, I think this brought, is supposed to be like a dramatic moment. Yeah, he, he's like, they say no. Yeah, I, love I, that. I think we're supposed to be like, oh my god, Willie can talk, and I'm just kind of like, okay. I didn't give a fuck, man. I was That's... moved. I was like, I was like, you know, I'm like, now this is a feel good, um, uplifting and motivational story. Oh my god! So, Willie now with the power of speech and Lacey's husband, who's now wiped the blood off his face, yes, or ketchup or whatever it was. His blood. They cover the mirror and throw it down the 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 well at the farm. Yes, and it explodes. Yep, and then. We fast forward, who knows how long, to Willie and Lacey at their aunt uncle's grave. They talk about putting all this shit behind them. They've sold the farm, blah, blah, blah. And this whole time, the, the Lacey's little boy's just running and playing and blah, blah, blah. And the whole... Blah, blah, he, blah. Yeah. He dislodges a piece of that mirror, that piece that was stuck to his fucking shoe the whole time. Yeah. He dislodges it. And... We go to credits. You, you, you seem to be more into this. I, I want to. You give me your take on this first. 
Oh, I mean, I thought I was brilliant. I love the whole thing with the with the with the mirror and the supernatural thing like that. And I don't usually go for like the supernatural horror movies, but see, I went with that because I'm thinking, look, this came out in 1980, so really around that time you didn't really have movies like this. So you know, by today's standards, you know, somebody like you who has seen movies, you know, that are kind of like you know, in this vein. I'm not saying that I haven't either, but, you know, you being a little younger than, than, than I am, you really can't put yourself in that, that, that space, I think. And I think that you are a little too jaded by the genre, the subgenre that this movie is. Uh, okay, so how many stars would you give this? Five out of five, bitch. Wow. Um, uh, for originality for my... and just overall a good fun time, much more fun than Intruder. Uh, originality, yeah, I, I will, I will give you that. But uh, for me, man, this is this is just a fucking mess. It, it feels so amateurish. I mean, the acting is not good. The story is not told well. And it just takes too fucking long to get into this. Like I said in the beginning, the concept, the idea behind this is good. Mm -hmm. It is. The filmmaker that made this is not good. I mean, he mishandled this so fucking bad. If we would have got the the Halloween, which that's blatant ripoff of, scene of, of the kid killing somebody, we get the flash forward where we're led to believe he's the killer and they let us still think that he's the killer up until like the third act and then we understand that it's something else and we have to unravel this and that's uh, man this is a fucking mess it really is um i <sighs> i okay so Here's something that stood out to me. The, the the director actually bragged about how he is able to get films done so quickly and use so little film stock because he does everything in one take. Right. And dear God, does it fucking show. This guy should not be making films. He should have went to film school, something, because he, he's not a good filmmaker. The cinematography is nice. You should see the other... Um... Because he has other films on the Slash Classics collection. Oh, fuck me. I wish I would have picked his other one, too, that's on there. Um, and it also stars uh, Susanna Love. Uh, so bad acting, bad direction, bad storytelling. And nice in, cinematography, well, in that though. One, you see Susanna Love's tits. At this point, Mike, not, that's not going to save this. Um, and she was also in the Devonsville Terror with Donald Pleasance. <sighs> Like, man, the only thing that I can really give this yeah. is it, it tried something original. I will give it that 100%. It had good cinematography. I will give it that. But I just did not enjoy this one at all. Um, I'm going to give this two stars out of five. Like I said, it had some originality and some good cinematography. But that that's it, man. It's, well, it's fucking bad. Well, think of it this way. The budget was $300,000. Where the fuck did that go? It Maybe made, not have every little glass piece explode into a giant fireball. 
it made in the U.S. four point five million. Drugs are a hell of a thing, Michael. You know what it made worldwide? Too much. Thirty-five million dollars. <sighs> wow! Like, and there are I'm two more even... films in this series. I've and there's a remake on the way. Oh, are they remaking it? I didn't know that. He remade it before he died, and I think they're in like post-production on it now. Oh, he remade it himself. Uh, yeah, we are not. I fucking can't covering wait. That. Oh, we're definitely covering that. If I would have known that, I would have held off on this until the remake came out. But uh, ding, 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 ding. yeah. Um, ding, 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 like I said, it, it was just it was just a mess. I didn't I did not enjoy this. But let's let's actually talk about eighty eight version of this because maybe I can actually say something positive. Maybe I can actually get into. Uh, <sighs> something worthwhile because I wasn't fucking joking people here trying to piece this together and talk about all the massive plot holes and leaps of logic my head does hurt this this oh my god fuck this movie um all right for 88 here uh their slasher classics version of this I have to sadly say it's not the best restoration um I don't think so uh well here let me let me get into it um Every establishing shot of uh, the cemetery looks horrible. The colors are washed out, and the color grading is way off. Man, this looks like it was shot on like a fucking crank thing from the 50s, just new to color. It looks bad. Uh, but that's just establishing shots of the cemetery or that last, last scene. Um, the rest of the film looks good, though. Their, their colors are good, rich. The detail's very nice. But there there is a little bit of grain, and there's some noticeable print damage. Um, it's nothing really too distracting or really off-putting. I'm paying attention for this shit so I can really talk about it. This wow. is the first time I've noticed anything like that with 88 films. So I'm just assuming that the only negative they could get was not the best negative. And let's be completely honest... This probably played at a lot of drive-ins, so not really their fault. Probably more what they were working with. Hmm. Uh, the sound is good, crisp. The only thing that kind of stood out to me was it was oddly loud. I actually had to turn my volume down. Wow, I'm really surprised. Uh, that that's really the only thing that stood out. I thought the volume, the sound, and everything was good. Oh. It was just like I, I literally did. Uh, intruder and then the next day without touching anything boogeyman and it's like oh wow this is really fucking loud I had to turn it down mm-hmm. but um, once again uh, we're uh, on some uh, lacking special features there's uh, the US theatrical trailer and an interview with the director and uh, some trailers for their other releases and yeah that's that's our special features mm. Oh, it's called uh, Boogeyman Reincarnation. Yeah. Um, 2016. Right. About this, about Slasher Classics version of this, the 88 Films presentation of it. Man, if you're a fan of this film, this is a decent version. Um, this is really the only version that I'm aware of out on Blu-ray 
So if you're a fanatic of this, mm. this is probably the the version to pick up. However, yeah, I did. I am. If if you're not huge into it, uh, and you already own the Anchor Bay DVD release, that version is perfectly acceptable. I mean, it's a noticeable difference, but not huge. It's not anything that's going to blow you away. Um, There's a teaser trailer for it. Wow. I don't give a shit. Um, I, I think if you're not a huge fan of this, I think that DVD is perfectly fine. And if if you are one of those people out there that heard us talk about this and are actually curious about it, uh, I don't know why. I do not suggest watching this. Go go watch something else in all seriousness. Right. Don't fucking watch this. Unless you are already an established fan, there's no reason to even consider this film. But, yeah. Um, just avoid this. Uh, don't don't buy the '88 version unless you absolutely love this, because this is not a good movie. This is. I'm hoping this is the lowest we go, and in our slasher summer. I disagree with your statement entirely, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything on the the '88 version of this, Mike? Uh, I loved it. I bought it. I love all their releases so i will continue to buy each and every one and and i get that i I mean i get supporting it and i don't know how you actually enjoyed this but if you do enjoy this film i fully support it i mean yeah this is about the only blu-ray version out there and it's probably as good as you're gonna get but like i said several several times if you're not a huge fan there's no fucking reason to waste your money on this this is not a good fucking film yes it is Alright, so we are going to have to agree to disagree, but uh, we will be back after the last drive-in. I hope you guys all enjoy it, have a hell of a fucking time with that, and uh, we will be back with, uh, well, we don't know quite yet, because we're hoping to have uh, a guest join us and review another of the 88 films, Slasher Classics, and our Slasher Summer. That was horrible. Hear that? 
That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.